gentlemen welcome back to beyond the blade it is episode 63 it's been so long but i do remember what episode number on episode 63 in case you forgot i am your co-host chad didamenis is coming to you on the grandstand sports network station and i am here with my friend bill shockey bill it's good to be back man it has been a while, uh, but it is. It's good to be back. One of my favorite times of the year, trade deadline. Um, obviously, the last two or three years haven't been as exciting, but I will say we haven't really had that huge trade before, you know, a couple of days before yet. So things are looking up for this weekend. Yeah, so that, that actually is exciting because, you know, like you said, we always have that. We always have that big trade that comes in and kind of – not even like one trade. It's like two or three or four or five that like – maybe not five, but like two or three, the big guys go by like Thursday. And here we are – Thursday right now, and the big guys are still hanging around. So at least that makes for what will be an interesting uh, Monday. Monday by three o'clock, the deadline is. So that's something to look forward to in the very least. Something a you know not as interesting. Uh, the Sabers here we are in a very familiar spot for this <laughs> time of year. Um, so I, I think uh, you know we'll walk it through the trade deadline here today, and um, <laughs> walk it through, of course, what. Uh, what the Sabres will be doing is sellers once again for probably what now the sixth, seventh year in a row. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's just this, that's the norm around here, right? It's being sellers. That's what we do. We sell pieces. At least we have a big. Well, we thought we had a big fish at least a month ago, but now maybe it's kind of a middle of the pack fish. We'll kind of get into that a little bit, but um, I don't know, man. It's before we get into the hockey talk. I just feel like we should catch up a little bit. Like it's been. I think it's been since like Thanksgiving or near Christmas, something like that. So last time we talked, and yeah. it's uh, I mean, things have changed. Things are the same. You know, the team is not very good. That's the same. Um, things that have changed. Um, Jack Eichel's hurt and no longer plays. Right, so um, it feels good to be back. You know, I was excited about this whole getting back in the podcast thing, but uh. Nothing has changed since Christmas release. And that's the whole thing about the break here. It's just, one, it's been hard to talk about this awful team. And two, it's, I don't know, how many times in a row we want to hear us tell you week after week after week this team is terrible. So this kind of feels like the right moment to kind of jump back in here. Yeah, I feel like we kind of, you know, in those two weeks uh, leading up to, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we got all the frustration out. And um, 
that's unfortunately good enough for pretty much the last two months. Um, you know, keeping on tabs with the team and, and on, you know, Sabres Twitter and everything, it's, it's just been a lot of the same. And a lot of people are just, you know, it's getting to that point of the year where you're starting to talk about the trade deadline. You're starting to talk about, all right, we kind of want the team to lose now to have the best chance to, to get a draft pick. And then we start moseying our way into who the top draft picks are for the year. And, um, but this part is always a good part. It's always a fun part, you know. Uh, you'll get the big trades around the NHL, and, and the Sabres should be active, pretty active this year, I would think, uh, as opposed to last year. Um, I mean, when you're a team like this, and I mean, uh, unfortunately, to use the R word, but, you know, we're back in the, the rebuilding mode of yeah. you got, you know, your core pieces, but obviously the pieces around it are just not working. Um, and, and even some, maybe, some of the big pieces maybe aren't necessarily working either. So, there's a lot of interesting ways that Botchel can go here, uh, but it starts right here. It starts right now. He's now had, you know, his 50-plus games to watch this team and see who he likes, who he doesn't like, and this trade deadline should be, you know, a first real glimpse into what he's going to do to either pick up draft picks, move guys, maybe even picks up a couple guys. It wouldn't even surprise me if maybe picks up a guy for Rochester again like he yeah. did uh, in the offseason. Um, so it'll be interesting here to see kind of what road he goes. And it'll kind of start the roadmap on the way to the NHL draft and how he's going to turn this team around. Because um, there's a long ways to go, but there's a, a kind of a lot he can do here. Uh, and like you said, it starts leading up to Monday here. Yeah. So we'll um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we'll kind of, I guess we'll start with the Sabers part of it, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of the NHL because, I mean, this is the last time I think in a while that we actually have some really big names in the market that could get moved. It's kind of crazy. So we'll kind of get to that in a little bit here near the middle part towards the end. But um, let's start with the Sabre stuff. Uh, it's nothing's really going on right now. Um, you know, but there's the names that are out there. Vander Kane, Robin Leonard, Johan Larson, Zemgis Girgensons, Pouliot. I mean, there's Georges. There's Falk, maybe. So there's a Chad Johnson if you want it, possibly. So there's some names out there, there's some guys. Even Sam Reinhardt's name's been out there, but I don't know. I'm not sure I really believe that one. But um, I don't know. Let, let's start with Kane here. Kind of, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off where I'm at. I mean, I think people who follow me on Twitter kind of know it. A month and a half ago, we're reading about Jason Bottle asking for four pieces. And here we are, what, three days before the deadline, four days before the deadline, and now where I'm at is I'm basically hoping I can get a second round pick that maybe conditionals to a first in I don't know a B level prospect. I, I think that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I don't know about you, but that, that's kind of how I feel the market, especially with it being flooded, so many sellers. I think the New York Rangers, the Blackhawks, uh, mm-hmm. Ottawa being bad kind of has ruined things for sellers. But it, it definitely isn't the feeling I had a month and a half ago. The Sabres are going to get a great haul for moving Kane. No, and I mean, even if you just look at, of course, we have the TSN trade bait, uh, you know, top 45 up here. And <clears throat> even if you think back to just a month and a half ago, Kane's number one on that list. Yep. Um, and now a month and a half later, he's number six. So he, like you said, there's a lot of teams that kind of shouldn't or weren't expecting to be bad that are bad. Um, little funny story there about the Rangers who sent the letter out to their fans. Yeah, yeah. Basically saying we've been good for six years now, be ready for us to be bad. Um, so I'd look for them to at least try to sell off a lot, um, which is unfortunate. And even on the flip side of that, uh, Edmonton, I think really kind of hurts, you know, the teams that are looking to sell 
um, because I think they would have been very good buyers. Uh, if, if, if they could have at least been decent or at least fighting for a playoff spot at this point, they obviously have a lot of holes, and it's it's where they are. it's because of that is where they are this year. Um, but if they would at least have been in the hunt, I think they could have been a team that, you know, you probably could have traded like a Kane or a defenseman or something to them uh, and, and for a pretty good return because I mean, we've seen how their trades have gone. But it, it, <laughs> it's, it's been a funky year, um, like you said, with the teams that have been bad. And, and they, unfortunately for the Sabres, the teams that are bad this year uh, have some pretty nice pieces that they can sell off for – you know, so a, a decent haul, which which hurts hurts the Vancouver market. I mean, I'd probably agree with you. You're probably looking, you know, in the in the second and maybe a prospect range, not probably a high level prospect. Um, it, it all depends. It depends how it falls. If if they really like, you really need the Rangers to stick to their guns here, and try to get a ton for like Grabner and Nash, and maybe at that point, you know, you get teams calling the Sabers saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not giving up four pieces for 33 year old Rick Nash who isn't good in the playoffs." Uh, maybe I'll give you, like you said, if you can get a second with a conditional and a first, I kind of would like that bet. Kane, you know, going to a good team, never played in the playoffs before in his entire career. Uh, I would I would take any kind of bet that, you know, he scores a certain amount of goals or maybe he goes deep into the playoffs with the team. Um, so, yeah, I think if Bottrell's really looking to maybe get creative here, that's right in the wheelhouse of where he should be. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of crazy. Like I said, looking back a month ago, I mean, Andrew Kane, in this point in the market, he's he's kind of the guy that if you don't get Rick Nash or Michael Grabner, you turn to Vander Kane. I mean, it's kind of crazy where it was the opposite. It seemed like a month and a half ago, or now he's kind of the fallback guy, where you kind of have to hope that the Rangers uh, get what they're asking for, or if Ottawa gets a first round pick off for Derek Brassard, then you should be able to get a first round pick for Vander Kane. I mean, I I mean Derek Brassard's having a good year, but Vander Kane is twenty six years old, and I think he's a better hockey player than Derek Brassard personally. I mean, there's, I there's, say, he's there's the guys, out of all of them. right? And there's guys I'd rather have. I mean, if I'm the general manager and I'm picking between like a Vander Kane and Mike Hoffman, personally, I think I would take Mike Hoffman. But I don't really know if Hoffman's yeah. gonna be moved. But if you're going against Rick Nash and against, I mean, Michael Grabner's a nice player, but I, I mean, you know, he's not stellar or like a game changer for you. But he's a nice piece. I think he's better than Nash. And Derek Brassard, I don't know, like I said, he's having a good season, but I don't know it's it's Derek Brassard. I'm just not that big on him or a fan of him so i i really you know kind of don't get the whole thing around nash and i don't really want to jump off kane yet but um you know the whole nash thing is is crazy so we'll circle back to that in a second but to wrap it up on kane you know it's it's crazy a lot of people said you know botterell should have moved him a month ago when he was hot but i don't know you really don't know what the offers were you know you don't know if teams were lowballing then and they're still lowballing now i mean teams are still balking at the prices and we're four days away so i can't see a team a month and a half ago came in, or a month ago even came in with like a first-round pick and said, all right, here's a first-round pick and an A-level prospect. And Bottle was like, no, I need a roster player and a conditional too. Like, I, I don't see that happening. I don't think that happened. You know, it's unfortunate he hit this cold streak. It kind of went in lockstep was when he pulled off of Jack Eichel's wing, which maybe wasn't the best decision if you're trying to display a guy. Uh, I would have maybe left him there. But, you know, he's a streaky scorer. And, he, you know, he started off hot. Which in his past in Buffalo, he's actually started off cold, so it's kind of the opposite of how he has been doing in Buffalo the last few years. Started off, but now he's kind of hit a he hit kind of a lull. But now, I mean, he's kind of picking up here. He scored a few goals in the last few games, so uh-huh. maybe he can get some GMs a bite on that. But I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a bummer how it's turned out. But I'm not sitting here really to blame Botterill for kind of how it's sh- shaking out here. 
No, I think, and the other important thing on Kane is a lot of people were looking to trade him last year when you still had a year left on the deal. I think this kind of helps, at least for any of the GMs that had concerns with his, you know, attitude in the locker room or how he would fit in the locker room. Yeah, that's certainly a factor. You're only looking at 20 games plus playoffs, and and he's then a UFA. So it's not like you're, you know, giving up a long-term deal for this guy. Um, It's kind of just a guy that's going to come in. You know what, if there's one thing that Caden has shown, it's that, you know, we've talked about it all the time. He does give 110% every night. Yep. And even on a team that's been terrible, now just imagine him on a playoff team. So, I mean, I think that does work in Bottrell's favor. You know, any GM who might have balked at trading for him a year ago, um, I don't think there's really that much concern. Plus, he's behaved. I mean, what have, what have you heard about him, you know, for the last, what are we talking about, a year and a half? Yeah. So I, I really think that that at least plays in the favor. And like you said, though, it's going to come down to the rest of the market. And if teams are willing to pay those high prices for those other players, and if not, I think you're looking at, you know, you can get at least what we talked about for Kane, which is, would be a, a decent haul considering where we are at, you know, at this point in, in his career, his salary, and, and how this team is played in general. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything there. Um, so moving on from Kane, uh, hitting a few other sabers here, then we'll kind of talk about the rest of the market itself. Uh, I would say the next biggest chip kind of in the sabers pocket from a trade standpoint, is Robin Leonard. But caveat to that is the goaltender market kind of isn't there. Uh, I think he kind of it took a big hit when Peter Morozik was traded to Philadelphia. That seemed like a landing spot for Leonard, but didn't work out. So now all you're really left with is the Islanders and maybe Calgary with Mike Smith's situation. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe you'll get a mid-round pick there, but... I still don't know. I mean, he has that hip thing. He looks fine tonight, but he has that hip thing that he had. He missed a game last game. So I, I don't know. I, it, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get a read in the situation. I guess you know. Would it shock me if he's here past the deadline? Absolutely not. But if he is, then I'm kind of wondering. Well, what's his future here? Is the plan to go with him and Allmark next season? Because Leonard's an RFA. Are they not gonna qualify him and let him walk as a free agent? That seems kind of silly. But he can get something for him. Maybe they just trade him in the offseason and let somebody else pay him. I, I don't know. You know, it kind of leaves a lot of questions, I guess, heading into the summer. But if I had to bet right now, I, I, I don't think he's moved, honestly. That's that's kind of where I am. I mean, Leonard's it's kind of the wild card, I guess you could say, of the ones that we're going to talk about here tonight. Uh, just because, I mean, the only thing going for him is he's hands down the best goalie in the in the mix right now. Yep. Uh, so if there is a team that <clears throat> maybe there's a team behind the scenes that's just not comfortable, even though with the spot they're in with uh, who they have, you know, in that, uh, if that's the case, I think th- you, you're going to be able to get something for him. Like I said, he's, he's basically the only guy out there. But uh, I, I think to your point, though, that, that isn't necessarily the case. So if, if it isn't, um, <laughs> The, the buyer market, at least from the outside looking in, isn't really there. Um, no, I agree. It, it, it's slim pickings, especially for a goaltender, you know? Yeah, which is crazy because you usually have a couple teams with, with you know, at, in, the, in the wild card spot that have question marks. I mean, Schneider's out right now, but I think he's been practicing. So, I mean, if he's healthy, New Jersey's not going to be looking for anything. Um, and, I mean, other than that, it's yeah, it, it really comes down to Calgary. And the Islanders, uh, I mean, 
Calgary might not want to give up that much because if they get Leonard, he's just going to be a backup. There's talk of them moving Gillies. Maybe they move Gillies with the backup right now and then take Leonard as their backup as a more certain veteran kind of thing. But he's going to sit behind Mike Smith. I mean, how much are you going to pay him for Mike Smith? You know, when you have Mike Smith there, he's not going to play that much. And the only team I think you'd get a, a decent haul from is the Islanders because I think he would start there. I think he's better than both Grice and Halak. But, yeah, that's been a revolving door for right, years now. Right, but are the Islanders willing to give that up? I mean, they're a borderline team right now. Are you going to pay a lot for a goaltender? Are you going to try to pay, you know, use your capital to go get another piece somewhere else? I mean, their biggest issue right now is worrying about John Tavares here. I kind of want to bring it up at the end. Mm-hmm. And they they signed Bailey to an extension today, maybe to entice Tavares that they're serious. But I don't know if I'm an Islanders fan. I'm getting really worried about that whole situation. But like I said, we'll kind of cover that at the end here. I don't want to skip out. But yeah, for me, it's just hard to imagine a scenario where Leonard is traded, at least by the deadline. And maybe in the summer that works out, but I, I just, I'm not saying it can't happen. Just for me, I, I think it's going to be hard to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the, the cliche motto of this time of year is you need a dance partner. And right. There aren't too many out there right now, at least in the goaltender market. So, next on the list here, uh, where do I want to go? Let's skip the guys who are questionable. And let's go to Josh Droges because he's an interesting one. He's one that I think could definitely go. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you're going to have to retain salary because nobody's going to take his $3.9 million cap hit. So you're going to have to retain which 50%. Which isn't that much of a big deal. No, definitely not. Uh, it's just, I, I don't, I mean, he's not, what is he going to get you? A fifth or a sixth? I mean, nothing crazy. It's just still for me, I find, I mean, I when he plays, I mean, I, I watch him when he plays. He's, not that great. You know, other teams have scouts that watch teams. Is it just somebody's in a trade for his veteran experience? Because I feel like if I'm like if I'm a team like St. Louis and I got to put Josh Rogers in in the playoffs, I'm not feeling great about it. So I don't know if they can go find a better Josh Rogers somewhere else that I just don't know about right now. But I don't know. I mean, uh, I forgot who it was Dreger or Friedman. One of them were on WGR saying that they believe he's going to go and there's been interest. So. You know, say Levy. You know, if he if he gets the opportunity to go for a cup run, good for him. But I wouldn't expect I think, to get much from him. I think you underestimate underestimate the uh, <laughs> the NHL higher ups. I, guess <laughs> uh, I could definitely see him going for you know a fourth, fifth, maybe even a sixth round pick. I mean, Mike Weber uh, got a third, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And how bad did we think he was at the time? So they're kind of honestly similar players. So, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you find a team that's and, and Washington at the time didn't even really need him. He was more just a depth He wasn't just a depth guy. He barely played until the playoffs and somebody got hurt and he had to go in, really. Right, so he was just insurance. So, I mean, I could easily see a team just looking for insurance, not necessarily looking for him to play every night in the playoffs, but, you know, if somebody's struggling and, and they just can't afford it uh, for a night, they'll put Georges in, who and he's not great, but you kind of know what you're going to get when it comes to Josh sure. Georges. Yep. So the next guy on my list is Benoit Pouliot, who's another interesting guy. He started off hot, cooled way off, uh, was scratched for some games here. He's kind of scored some goals. I don't know. I, I just have a hard time. Again, if he does go, he's not getting you much. Uh, his salary is like 1.6, I think, so don't worry about retention there or anything. But I don't know. I mean, if he goes, good, fine. Um, I just, again, I don't think you're going to get a lot for him and. I kind of have a hard time believing someone's going to take it. I mean, he could skate, he could play defense. Maybe he's kind of mailed it in a little bit here in Buffalo and he goes to another team and he'll play well. I mean, he's shown flashes of playing well. He does it for streaks. Yep. But 
it depends if a team is willing to take that gamble. But if it's a low risk gamble, then you know why not? He's a pretty good PKer, um, and he's got speed. So, yeah, he can skate. So you know, if, if you're looking, <laughs> I talked about this early on in the season, which was intriguing to me when it came to Pouliot, is you get those short-handed opportunities when you got guys out there that can kill but can also skate. And uh, I think he's, I, I think he's pretty viable to be picked up by somebody here, just as you know, kind of just a depth forward that can kill penalties and. You know, an, an older guy who's been in the playoffs. So, again, just another one of those guys where I think teams really feel comfortable in regards of giving up maybe a little more for somebody that they know exactly what they're going to get uh, out of that player. And, like, any team that a guy like Pouliot or even Georges, for this matter, goes to, they're not going to be asking them to do a ton. Uh, they're going to be, you know, limited minutes in special situations. And But on, or fortunately for the Sabres, um, that's really kind of what playoff teams are looking for at this point. True. They're not really most teams are not really looking for a big splash. They're kind of just looking to shore up, you know, small holes that they that they have on the roster. Mm-hmm. And you know, these guys are those kind of guys that fill those holes. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Pouliot went for you know mid to late draft pick. So the last two guys here, I think I want to talk about. I'm sure there's one more after them, but these two guys think are kind of the same boat, and that's Gergensen and Larson. Uh, I believe they both have one year left on their contract after this season. Uh, but, I mean, again, they're going to be bottom six guys definitely, but they're younger. You know, they're not Pouliot and Georges. You know, they, they're younger. They have some younger legs. Uh, they'll both be restricted free agents when their contract is up. Or I think Gergensen's will. I'm not sure about Larson. I can check that right now here as I'm talking. But... I, I think, you know, Lars, everyone's, a lot of people are hard on Larson. I, I think in the right situation, he can be good for a team. Uh, he can play that third, fourth-line role. He can kill penalties for you. You know, he he can be frustrating at times. He's not flashy or anything by any means. Uh, Gergensen and Lars actually both will be RFAs, and their contract is up after next season. But I, I don't know. You know, it, it, if we talk about these guys are going to go, it's interesting. Maybe we can talk about that next is if they're going to move all these guys – they're not going to bring who's guys up from Rochester, so who's right. going to play for you know? Like maybe they can't trade all these guys, or maybe they have to pull secondary trades to get some Scott Wilsons is in here, you know, and take out some spots because they're not going to call up guys from Rochester, probably not. So I don't know. I mean, if they're going to move all these guys, they got to be players coming in. But before we get to that part of it, I guess I'll let you comment on your thoughts on Gergesons and Larson. Yeah, I think these two guys kind of are in a spot where. They don't have to move the deadline. I think they're in the spot where if the right deal comes along, you pull the trigger uh, and you you know, you know take the pick if you can get it. But, I mean, unless that right deal comes along, I think you just kind of hang on to these guys. Like you said, you need, you need guys to fill the spot and you really don't want to mess with what's going on in Rochester. So um, they're kind of the <laughs> – unfortunately, they're kind of like the perfect guys to just hang around uh, and, and play out the season, and then they're probably more likely to be moved to the offseason. Unless yeah. the right deal comes around. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. One guy quickly, because I think we're on the same page here. I don't think there's any chance he's going to get moved by the deadline. He's played better. His name has bounced a little bit. But you don't think there's any chance Reinhardt's getting moved, right? I don't Not at this point. I, I mean, a lot of people, obviously it was a large talk throughout the season, whether it be Kane or Reinhardt. I think it's become pretty obvious that it's going to be Kane at this point. Yep. Um, and I think if they're moving Kane, you're not really looking to move Reinhardt. And we kind of talked about it earlier. If you're moving Kane, uh, with the season Reinhardt's had, which he's obviously he's picked it up tremendously in the last you know, 15 or so games here, 
um, I still don't think you really have to pay him crazy. No. And that, you know, I think that's going to be a factor of, you know, he's a top pick. He is still really young. And if you don't have to go crazy paying him, he's a guy that you kind of give a bridge and, and let kind of continue to grow here, you know, in the next two, three years or whatever the deal is. And, and then once you get past those, I think that's when you got to make the hard decision. Uh, do you pay him or do you not? But I think you kind of have the luxury here of his age and the fact that you can keep him in that RFA status uh, and not really, you know, give up too much in a way, uh, money monetarily, um, that I, I think he stays here and probably gets a bridge deal and hopefully see more of him with Eichel, a healthy Eichel, uh, going forward. Yeah. Because um, I think that, that really can work. Yeah, as long as they keep him away from trying to make him a center, I think that'll work just fine. So... That's uh, I think that really that, hurt his start to the season is yeah. them trying that experiment. It didn't work out very well. So, I mean, now that he's comfortable and gets some confidence back, he looks like the player we were kind of expecting to see. So put him back with Eichel next season, put another winger over there on the left side and see if some magic can happen. Yeah, there's a lot of times where he's on the ice and in the right spot. And then this is kind of what they talked about when he was drafted is he, you know, he's got the hockey smarts. He knows where to go. Um, for whatever reason, just, he gets a weird bounce or some guy gets to him right before he shoots. Yep. There's a lot of that where I feel like Reinhardt should have a ton more points and goals than he actually does. Uh, just because a lot of little things like that. And I just don't know if he, and it could be an unfortunate thing where it's going to be throughout his career where he's just not going to have that, you know, that half a second more speed that he needs to be able to be a high producer in the league. Um, but I think, you know, he's young enough that you can kind of wait it out another couple of years here to see if he can, you know, find that. Because if he can start, you know, potting those, um, now you're looking at where everybody wants him to be um, because he's kind of, even though he had the rough start, he looks like he's pretty much on pace to be where he's been the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. So we talked about being sellers here. So let's kind of institute some fun anyway here. Let's let's pretend, let me pretend it's really possible. Uh, you know, everybody, every deadline, everybody has their guy or their wish, uh, I don't know if you have one, but I have a few guys that mm-hmm. if I'm going to go out and they're going to add pieces and you're kind of going to be a somewhat buyer, but at the same time it's like a hockey trade kind of thing. You're not getting a rental, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first guy on my list is Mike Hoffman, but I don't think it's really going to happen. Uh, Otto probably just want to trade him in the division and plus it'll cost a fortune. I would love that. To, I mean, if you have a Mike Hoffman, Eichel, Reinhardt top line next year, I'm loving that. But mm-hmm. I don't. I can't see that really happening. Um uh, Another guy I would kind of maybe look at is if Arizona is all about moving Max Domi, I might kick those tires. I mean, he's I 22 years old, and he hasn't had a great – he hasn't had the type of year he's had his rookie season, but he's a young guy who can skate, and he can maybe with a little bit of a switch, or you put him – again, you put him on Eichel's wing with Reinhardt, maybe you kind of get something there. So that's a guy I would kind of look at. Uh, I've always liked the idea of Galchenyuk, but, again, I don't know if he's going to be moved now, maybe the deadline type deal. And beyond that, I don't know. I mean, there's there's guys on teams that, you know, I mean, there's Jordan Kyrou's a interesting thing for the Blues, but I think the Blues are kind of out of that Kane discussion because they don't want a guy, they don't want a rental really, looking for more of a term player. But that can change on deadline day. You never know. Uh-huh. Uh, but he'd be a cool prospect, you know, as a winger center. Um, you know, maybe there's a guy in Pittsburgh you can get if Kane ends up going to Pittsburgh, but. I don't know. I mean, those are kind of a couple guys in my head. I don't know if you have any guys you're kind of curious about or you would entice or tell the Sabres to go chase. 
I mean, <clears throat> kind of just skimming through the list here. I see he's got no movement clause, but Skinner is always interesting to me. Uh, I feel like he kind of gets a, a bad rap down in Carolina, mostly because he's in Carolina, so you don't really see him much. Uh, but he's got a hell of a shot, and he's he's quick. Obviously, he's yep. had injury problems, but he's you know he's played 60 games this year. Uh, and he's got 20 goals, 37 points. I, I think it's just another – he's kind of – I don't want to say a poor man's Hoffman, but you can get a guy like Skinner on Eichel's wing. I think that could do uh, wonders for your team. Uh, Robbie Fabry is interesting too. Um, but kind of other than that, not seeing too much here. What about, a, the, the what about Boone Jenner? How does does he tickle your fancy? I mean, there's been some talks and people I've seen on Twitter have mentioned him as maybe a sneaky idea, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, he had that one big year. I think people with his expectations would go way overboard expecting some. I mean, I see him as a third, fourth line winger at best. Who's going to be a pot of 10 to 15 goals. But I think if they trade from people are going to be expecting like 20 goals and he's never going to get you that. And he's not that's the best skater way. either. I mean, that's, you know. That doesn't want to help. Think of, when I think of Jenner, I think of one of Eichel's. I think it was in the first year uh, when he went. He beat him to the blue line, kept the puck in, and went down and scored. Yep. Yeah. So, but no, I mean he, he's a nice player. Um, but I think, like you said, I think if the Sabers go out and get a guy like Jenner, I think they're in the wrong mindset because, like you said, I think that they might be expecting him to be a second line guy, um, and we know when. <laughs> When the Sabres go out and get guys like that and try to force them in those top six spots, it just it always ends up not working. Um, you, they end up in the you know, and it, by the end of the season they end up in the third line, and and then you're like, all right, you know, this would be good if we had you know the top six to, right, yeah. to fill out. Um, but then injuries happen; they're back in the top top six, and and guys like that, I just I, I think you're you're setting yourself up kind of for disappointment uh, unless you get the pieces around to be able to fit him where he needs to be. And it seems like it's been the problem for the Sabres for the last couple of years. They just can't really get the right guys in the right spots, um, to make it all kind of click. Um, I see one guy here, number 45. <laughs> that, Tyson um, Berry sitting down there? We've talked about quite a bit. And, uh, I, Five and a half I don't million, know if it's though. Just, yeah, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but he's only 26 still, two years left. Yeah. That's, I think a Tyson Berry. I mean, if you're looking for you know fast puck moving defenseman, that is Tyson Berry. No, I agree with that. Uh, what about um if the Sabers do move on from Leonard? How would you feel about the Sabers chasing a guy like I don't know about Aaron Dell who's 28, but maybe a John Gillies out of Calgary, 24, big defenseman, big goaltender. Uh, would you be interested in the Sabers spending any assets on a goaltender, knowing you have Allmark here? Um, I think it's. I think the fans might go crazy. Um, I wouldn't necessarily hate it, depending on what you gave up. But <laughs> I don't think, especially now that you got uh, that you drafted a goalie this year too. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the the goalie cupboard isn't full by no, any means. I mean, besides Lukanen and Almer, that's really all you have. That's your, much you know, it. Peterson walking. Right, but I mean, I will say, whatever you and if you in this scenario where you do trade Leonard. Uh, whatever you get for him, I think you can probably turn that into a goalie somehow. Whether it be kind of going out and getting like a 24-year-old Gillies, I don't mind that as much because he's younger. Yep. Um, and obviously you would imagine they would have the, the scouting department out there for quite some time if they're looking to get a goalie. Yep. Um, but I, I think that's kind of a decision you got to make. Say you move the Leonard for whatever it is. What do you think, like a third? Maybe you decide, you know, can I flip that and maybe something for Gillies or do I just take a shot in the draft and, and draft another goalie and, and hope one of those two 
uh, draft picks work out. Um, I think either is kind of possible here, uh, but I definitely don't see them going crazy, uh, kind of like Murray did for Leonard there. No, no. And doing anything like that again. No, I mean, Gilly's interesting because Calgary has been one of the, recently, a team that's been tied to Leonard. I mean, maybe is there a Leonard goes to Calgary, Gillies comes the other way, and I don't know. Who has to give up more in that trade? Does Buffalo have to give more to get Gillies, or does Calgary have to give more to get Leonard? You know, that's kind of interesting. I mean, both are RFAs, so right. it's not like you really have an advantage there either. Uh, Gillies is younger, but I think, obviously, Leonard has more of the the framework and the NHL experience. So, yeah, I mean, it's a tough call. I, I think if you can pull something like that off, maybe that's kind of a, a botrel perfect scenario, uh, especially if you're not a huge fan of Leonard. Yeah, no, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on now, looking at that, thinking that through. Um, anyways, moving on from the Sabres itself, uh, maybe we'll kind of go to our Rick Nass conversation here. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just he's number two in the trade bait list. There's been a lot of talk around him. I mean, for the God's sake, he has a seven point eight million dollar cap hit. He's thirty three years old. He he's lost a step. He's really not a good playoff performer for his career. I don't know. I, I don't get what the big deal is about acquiring Rick Nash. I mean, is, is it because his name? Because it's Rick Nash? Is, is, that, is that it? It's, I think at this point it's really got to be. It's kind of you're paying for the name recognition, which <laughs> I don't know why you'd be really doing that if you're just looking to you know shore up a, a team for a playoff run. But, I mean, he's <clears> – to be fair, I, he's got almost 20 goals again this season. He's, he's only a couple of years removed from putting up over 30, so – He's still Rick Nash, but I, I think at this point you really are kind of. I just I can't imagine they're getting anywhere close to what they're asking for. No, like, no. You you got to think that. And I don't. <laughs> I say this lightly, but you got to think that the the rest of the GMs are smart enough. Um, if, if teams weren't willing to give up everything that Sackick was looking for for the Colorado guys, I just can't imagine that any kind of package like that is going. For a Rick Nash rental, yeah, right. And, and a guy, even if even if someone takes, even if the Rangers take half of that cap hit, you you still have three point something million dollar cap hit too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably have to move a roster player out. Most playoff teams have to move a roster player out to fit him under their you know under the cap at this point. So I, I, just, I don't see it. I, I seriously, and I know I don't know if you want to spend more time here on Rick Nash, but. If, I, if I'm calling the New York Rangers, you know who I'm calling about. Yeah, Michael Grabner, right? Yes, sir. I, You know, we talked about him being a nice pickup for, you know, the, was it two years ago when he was a UFA? Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the guy the guy's just speed kills, man. Even though he's getting up there, in th- uh, he's 30 now, but he got 25 goals, 31 points this season, uh, only a 1.65. I just, I'm calling all day about Grabner over somewhere like, Rick Nash, you know, Grabber gives me the speed. He can penalty kill. He can short, score shorthanded. Uh, I think he's kind of the, the entire package of what a, a playoff team would be looking for, especially at this time of the year. No, I, I'm with you there. You know, if it, it's my choice, why I want Grabner or Nash, I'm taking Grabner all day. You know, that's mm-hmm. that. No, that's personally who I'd want. Um, while we're on the Rangers, though, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on Ryan McDonough? I mean, there's been talk <clears throat> of Boston maybe considering giving up a guy like Carlo from McDonough, and I think they'd be out of their minds. That I would agree with. I would also say that, I mean, of course, Boston, right? Yeah. Like McDonough, <laughs> McDonough is just like, you know, of course he's the guy that Boston's going after. I mean, he's just he's the type of guy that 
that Boston <laughs> has always wanted. I, I, he's nothing too special. I mean, he's got two goals, 26 points. He's not flashy. He's just kind of your your rock back there in the end, in the back end. And of course, that's something that Boston would drool over if they they really think about giving up somebody like Carlo. All the power to the Rangers, I suppose. Yeah. Because uh, I think you're winning that deal. You know, twice on Sundays. Yeah, I, I just don't get what Boston's prerogative would be. I mean, you're having a year better than you expected, and right. then you're going to go trade McDonough with a lot of miles on him. I mean, he's only 28, but he's had a lot of miles on him, a lot of playoff game. He's yep. taken a beating in his career, and you're going to trade a guy like Carlo where your blue line could be set. I mean, you're probably, I mean, Char's having a good year somehow, but you're going to lose that guy in a year or so. Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, Father Time always wins. He'll, he'll catch you. So that's going to be happening soon, and – I mean, your defense is still set if he leaves. You have McAvoy, Carlo, and Krug as your top three, not to mention the other kids they have behind it too from the first-round pass a couple years ago. I, I just I, I don't see what the prerogative is there. I, I, I don't – I mean, the way I kind of feel about it is are you going to sell hard this year to make that one cup run this season? I was going to say. Or are you going to sit back and try to run for a cup the next three, four years, you know? I mean, you got to be. I'd imagine you got to be going out and getting more than McDonough if that's what they're doing. Uh, I think they they need a, another piece uh, as a depth forward. Um, Rask has just been playing out of his mind. Yeah. Lately, so I mean, uh, I, it's definitely something I can see Boston doing. <laughs> uh, oh, me but, too. Oh, me too. I, yeah, which is kind of, I mean, not really a concerning part because. I, I kind of hope they do do that because it's it's kind of crazy to to pull anything like that, especially like you said when when you got a team that is exceeding expectations. It's not like I don't know. It's just crazy, but I could definitely see that going down on Monday for sure. So let's see. Let me flip to the list here. Anybody else that really interests me? I don't really think we kind of covered a lot of it. Um, no, nobody that I see. Anybody else you want to talk about before we move on? Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, your boy Vanek is always there. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a nice pickup for somebody. I, I still think Derek Broussard is crazy if someone gets a lot for him, but I guess we'll kind of see how that shakes out here by Monday. I mean, I'm just not a huge fan of Broussard, but I don't know if I Ottawa mean, he's, he's can a, wield a first-round pick for him. Power too, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think he's he's definitely the best center on the board. Um, but I think maybe that's where... I don't think you should be getting in first first round pick territory, but I think I could see a team giving up a little more if they're looking for you know another depth center because uh, it's important to be strong down the middle when it comes to playoff time. So I could see that, but I mean as for the rest, of the, there's a lot of bigger names on here, but I just I can't imagine that most of these guys go anywhere, especially at the trade deadline. Well, there is one guy we do have to talk about because I feel like if we don't talk about it, then we're not good hockey people. <laughs> Eric Carlson's up one on that list, and Mackenzie said fifty-fifty odds Carlson goes by Monday. I mean, that's Which just is wild, outrageous, isn't it? I mean, it. I just don't know how Ottawa. They just there's no way I don't think they win the, a trade. No, you're basically no. trade if especially if it's to a team like Tampa, who's been rumored. Mm-hmm. You're basically trading the Stanley Cup and Eric Carlson for something. Yeah, I mean, in division too. Who like who is beating Tampa if that trade happens? <laughs> Unless someone gets hurt, nobody. I mean, that's that's wild. And they would have him next season, too. I mean, because he has one year left on a contract. And 
<laughs> it would be insanity. I mean, sitting here in It'd Buffalo, be fun to watch. It, it would be fun <laughs> to watch. Sitting here in Buffalo would be somewhat depressing if we're in Tampa Bay, but uh, I don't know. Like I told you yesterday, if I'm Botterill, I would call Ottawa, and I don't know, I would offer anything but Jack Eichel on my roster. And I don't know. Like I said, I, I'd give a left nipple to, to try to get him on this team. I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of – he's really good. He's a very good hockey player, and – I, I'd at least make a phone call. I'm not saying it's going to happen or the other pieces even do it, but I would definitely make a phone call. It's, it's wild that he's even on this list, to be completely honest. But hey, I mean, look at the last couple of years. Subban got traded and right. Taylor Hall and Everly. Anything good, is so possible, I suppose. And Hey, 50, 50 odds, man. I'll take that flip of the coin all day. Uh, so I believe that is it here for episode 63 our trade deadline episode is in the books it felt good to be back and look at that believe it or not as we're wrapping up here we have michael grabner setting the market with a trade a second round pick and a prospect grabber to the new jersey devils so there's your forward setting market trade right there for a second round pick goes to new jersey michael grabner second round pick goes to new york and a prospect and grabner goes to new jersey so, for Chad and Bill, we are going to be out of here this week. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at BTB Hockey. Make sure you interact with us throughout the deadline. I uh, hope everybody's wishes come through, and hope everybody enjoys the deadline. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, we'll try to get back in the rhythm here of shooting these podcasts on a normal basis again. Uh, there should be a lot to talk about, at least in the second half of the season, maybe on some prospect stuff. So, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. We're happy to be back, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. the same. Oh,